Now, take all my jewels, gorge gold to your fill. You may kiss me, old man, on my mouth, if you will. But brush this dust off me, lest horror it brings, ere I know it. Next moment, I dance at the king's. In his Victorian-era poem, The Laboratory, poet Robert Browning spun a tale of a wronged lover in search of a poison to eliminate her rival. The method she chooses to administer is a liquid she will drop into a drink right under the very nose of her own king. Though the laboratory is a fictional story, it may be based on a true event, a scandal that swept through 17th century France leading all the way to the Sun King's inner circle and right to the doors of his official mistress. I'm Tracy S. Morris, and I am not making this up. Our setting for this story is Versailles, under Louis XIV, the Sun King. He's popped up in quite a few of our podcasts. To set the stage for this scandal, you must first understand the climate that Louis XIV created in his royal court. Prior to this, the king's influence extended to about a hundred-mile circle around Paris. Beyond that, nobles who were in theories subservient to the king actually ran their own little mini-kingdoms as they saw fit. Now, the Sun King changed this by creating a a cult of personality around the royal family. First, he moved them out of Paris to his favorite hunting lodge, Versailles, which he renovated so extensively it could have been featured in an episode of Extreme Home Makeover. Then, he made access to the royal family the currency of power. The nobles could stay home and run their own little kingdoms, but then they couldn't curry favor with the king or reap any of his largesse. This new power dynamic worked well for the Sun King, but the power imbalance and isolation of the nobles from the peasant and middle classes eventually bankrupted France, and it didn't help that he ruled for something like 70 years, longer than any sitting monarch around. And eventually, this led to the French Revolution after his death. And plus, with so many bored nobles hanging around Versailles, gossiping and petty arguments were easily twisted into major scandals. When you pop popcorn, nothing happens for a while. Then one kernel pops, followed by two. The energy released by the popping corn spurs more corn to pop until you have what sounds like a hailstorm of exploding kernels. In 1677, the arrest of Magdalene de Lagrange was like the first popping kernel of corn. De Lagrange made a living selling potions, lotions, and love spells. For a fee, she would tell you your future or cast a spell for you. And she stood accused of poisoning her lover. Perhaps hoping for clemency, she told prosecutors that she had information to share about crimes crimes committed by high-ranking nobles. The prosecutors took the information to the king, who told the chief of Paris's police force that he had the power to investigate Delagrange's claims. If you've studied the Salem witch trials, or any witch trials for that matter, you'll see similarities in the ways in which these poisoning cases were handled. First officials rounded up the less powerful usual suspects, alchemists, and fortune tellers, poor people trying to get by any way they could. Under torture and under leading questions, these suspects would name more powerful people. 
members of the court of Versailles, including the king's official mistress, Athenia de Montespan, and her circle of friends. Thanks to this method of investigation, the idea that there was a poisoning epidemic took root in France, the same way that the idea that there was a witchcraft epidemic took root in Massachusetts centuries later. Over 442 women and men of all social classes stood accused of poisoning and witchcraft, 36 of which were sentenced to execution, another 23 were banished. Even more were simply imprisoned and died under torture or committed suicide. More might have been discovered, but when de Montespan was implicated, Louis abruptly terminated the investigation. In the same way that the Salem witch trial ceased after the wife of the governor of Massachusetts was accused. As if accusations have to get ridiculously out of hand before people realize that there's a problem. De Montespan was accused of using love spells to keep the king's affection. Of poisoning a rival, Marie de Angle... I'm going to mess this up. Marie de Angle... Well, anyways, let's just say Madame Montespan's rival. And she was also accused of participating in satanic rituals designed to keep her waning youth, beauty, and power. The accusation was a coup for de Montespan's enemies, of which there were many. De Montespan was called the unofficial queen of France, holding more power over the king than the actual queen did by virtue of having more access. The Affair of the Poisons is an interesting study in class, gender, and politics. Poison is known as a woman's method of murder. Add to that, in the court of the Sun King, sex, both through marriage and extramarital affairs, was one of the few ways that a woman could wield power and influence. A poisoning scandal was a good way to strike back at courtiers, particularly women, who sought to rise above their station, while at the same time playing on the fears of men who sought to hold their own power. At the same time, some of the accused weren't tried before law. Instead, they were given a sentence directly from the king. The sentences varied among the classes. Some were banished, some executed. The woman who sold de Montespan her lotions, potions, and charms, a woman known as La Voisin, was burned at the stake for witchcraft. De Montespan, the king's royal mistress, was removed from her position. Louis continued to visit her for a while, but all the love spells and beauty po potions in the world did her no good. Eventually, she fell out of favor. She retired to a convent, and she died at age 66. Interestingly enough, the woman that she'd selected to be the nanny and raise her children through Louis ended up marrying Louis in a morganic marriage. But... Don't weep too hard for de Montespan. She did fall from being queen in all but name, but she had a soft landing. In gratitude for her discreet exit from the stage of Versailles, Louis heaped positions of power on her father and her brothers. She retained a pension, and she used it to support the arts, hospitals, and charities. Louis also legitimized the seven children they had together. Through them, she is the ancestor of several royal houses throughout Europe. It's a better ending than being burned at the stake. A quick note on the audio quality of last week's show. Yeah, I know it wasn't great. I've taken steps to fix that, though. So from here on out, I hope to bring you an even better product. One that's actually pleasant to listen to. 
I'll be at FinCon in Dallas this weekend, so if you get a chance, stop in and say hello. And um, if you like what you hear, leave a review with your preferred podcast service. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much all the other directories now. So subscribe. Um, and tell your friends. That's how other people find us. For more bizarre stories that I didn't make up and some that I did, go to my website, tracysmorris.com. I post something new every Monday. You can also subscribe to my newsletter and check out my short stories and other novels there. And if you have an improbable history topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me an email at author at tracysmorris.com. <laughs>